0: The following is a presentation of Hawkeyes Mike LLC.
1: Fourth down goal to go. This is it. Yeah. Iowa's unbeaten streak on the line. They've won eleven. it doesn't get any bigger or better than this play. Kuldeanos and Strauss at the bottom of your screen. McNutt at the top. Morris, the fullback, is in the block. Moyaki on the wing. He goes in motion two seconds ago. Last play of the game. Stanzi, McNutt, touchdown! On the final play of the game, the
2: Michigan State Spartans, 15-13. to 13. Hello, Hawkeye fans. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the football show from HawkeyesMike.com. The Iowa-Michigan State game highlights are courtesy of the Big Ten Network, with Wayne Larrabee and Chris Martin doing an outstanding job calling another exciting game and a breathtaking finish. The Big Ten Network has come a long way. We very much appreciate it and thank them. We said at the end of the day...
3: Can your guy beat their guy? And that's exactly what just happened. One-on-one coverage outside, bringing blitz pressure. Special seasons are made of this kind of stuff right here. I mean, it's do or die. You you make the play or you don't. McNutt hadn't done much all game, but when his
1: number was called, seven got six. He is 6'4", 215 pounds. Marvin McNutt used his body well to screen Chris L. Rucker on that play. And the sophomore from St. Louis, Missouri, the biggest catch of the season to date for Iowa. Championship teams either find a way
3: make away and you can tell Michigan State just had
2: their hearts ripped out. These football programs come to you following every game during the entire season. You'll have the chance to hear Marv Cook's thoughts and Pat Hardy's opinions. You'll hear from the opposing coaches in this coming Saturday's game, Kirk Ferentz and Bill Lynch. We'll take a look at the Big Ten Conference, and we'll also preview the Iowa-Indiana game. And during the course of the season, we hope to hear from you, the Iowa fans. We invite you to share your comments each week by calling 866-74-HAWKS. Ninth play coming up, longest possession for Michigan State tonight. Third down and goal
1: to go inside the one. Baker the tail. Hawk in the fullback. Cousins gets motion from the tight end Lithicum. Baker again. He did not make it. And if you're Don Treadwell, offensive coordinator for Michigan
3: State, what do you call? You you call play action pass, that didn't work. You tried to run up the gut, that didn't work. What do you call? Man, that defense just hunkers down.
1: And they do not let you get in the end zone. What a victory
2: for Iowa here defensively to deny the Spartans. It was first and goal at the one. Magical, mystical, improbable, historic. Take your choice. This season is all of those things and more. And while it's difficult to label this Iowa team, whatever else you can say, no one can doubt that this year's Hawks team is resilient. While the Iowa-Michigan State series has historically been rife with very close games, Saturday nights probably topped them all. This was an instant football classic. Hawkeye quarterback Ricky Stanzi in the offense took a minute 32 to drive 70 yards in 10 plays, hitting on a seven-yard touchdown pass to white out Marvin McNutt to win this game as time expired, and a stunned hush fell over the green and white crowd of nearly 75,000 as the Hawks won 15-13. This game was extremely physical and an extraordinary defensive duel for the first 58 minutes. That included impressive goal-line stands by both teams from first and goal from the one. Oddly enough, however, it was the first time in 20 games that Iowa's defense did not force a turnover. Then with just under two minutes left, the Spartans struck with a hook and ladder pass play, followed by a 30-yard TD pass that put Michigan State ahead and seemingly would break Iowa's unbeaten streak and its hold on first place in the Big Ten. But Iowa's offense responded once again, this time in incredible fashion, in a drive that will last in many fans' memories for years. The only negative coming out of this contest was injuries. Hawks that went down include Dace Richardson and Adam Robinson. Both will be lost for the rest of the regular season and Brett Greenwood and Colin Sandeman, both of whom may be back for the Indiana game. In any event, those are all very significant injuries for Iowa and the loss of Robinson is particularly troublesome because that leaves the Hawks very thin at the running back position. The Hawks moved to an 8-0 start for the first time in school history, extended their winning streak to 12 games, kept a secure hold on first place in the conference, moved up to the fourth position in the BCS rankings and remained in the top ten in all three national polls. Iowa now controls its own fate as it returns to Kinnick Stadium for games against Indiana and Northwestern, both explosive offensive teams that have given the Hawks trouble the past few years, followed by its last road game of the conference season against Ohio State in Columbus. The Hawks then close out the regular season at home against Minnesota. Winning three of those four games probably puts the Hawks in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. Winning all four, well, there is another game played in the Rose Bowl a week after that, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Magical, yes. Mystical. Improbable. Historic. It's all of those. This very special season continues Saturday in Iowa City against the Hoosiers, one game at a time.
3: Hey!
1: Is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Daniel Murray for a 37-yard field goal attempt. He's 11 of 15 this season, 6 of 7 from this range. And he hooked it through the uprights, just inside the left upright. My goodness. Thing <laughs> He's went a pretty. good one. They won pretty, but he nailed it. <laughs> he, he, the good ones, when they hit them bad, they go good. <laughs> That's what happened. We're tied at three.
4: HawkeyesMike.com. It's sports talk radio on the internet. Just for you, the Iowa fan. All sports,
0: all Hawks, all the time. A quick review of game notes and key stats is brought to you by Prefens Botanicals Hand Sanitizer, the revolutionary new hand sanitizer that kills bacteria, viruses, and fungi for up to 24 hours with just a single application. To learn more, go to www.prefensbotanicals.com. Prefens is now the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa football team, the men's and women's basketball teams, and the defending NCAA champion Iowa Hawkeyes wrestling team.
2: As we said, Iowa has started the season 8-0 for the first time ever. The Hawks also boast a 12-game winning streak for the first time under head coach Kirk Ferentz, and it's the first time they've won at least that many games since the 1920s, and it's the second longest winning streak in the nation behind only Florida. The victory is the first for Iowa in East Lansing since 1995, the home team had won the last nine games in this series. Iowa wins with a touchdown on the last play of the game. That's the first time that's happened since the 2005 Capital One Bowl. And dating back to 2008, Iowa has won its last six road games. The Hawks become only the second Big Ten team in history to ever win road games in the same season at Penn State, Wisconsin, and Michigan State. In this game, Michigan State won the toss and deferred, well what else is new, Iowa once again started on offense, that's the 110th time out of the last 125 contests. And the Hawks have started on offense in 10 straight games. Iowa did not score on its opening possession, and Michigan State did not score on its first series. Iowa has allowed just one opponent to score on its opening drive in its last 21 games. The Hawks were 4 of 4 in the red zone against the Spartans, with three field Field goals and a touchdown. Iowa has scored on 51 of the last 56 red zone possessions dating back to 2008. Michigan State scored 6 points on 2 drives inside the Iowa red zone, both field goals. Iowa opponents are 16 of 17 in the red zone this season with 8 field goals and 8 touchdowns. Before going down with his injury, Iowa tailback Adam Robinson had career bests in rushing attempts of 27 and yards in 109. And it's the second game this season with over 100 rushing yards. Iowa has now outscored its opponents 113-51 to in the second half in eight games this season, and the 15 points scored at Michigan State marked the lowest total for the Hawks this season. There were no turnovers in this game. The Spartans did have two fumbles, but recovered both of those. Iowa had collected at least one turnover in 20 consecutive games, dating back to the final contest of the 2007 season. Iowa's opponents have scored the first points of the game in all four Iowa road contests this year. Iowa place kicker Daniel Murray had a 37-yard field goal in the second period and two 20-yard kicks in the fourth. He tied his career high of three field goals in a single game. And defensive end Adrian Claiborne had another solid game and picked up co-defensive player of the week award in the Big Ten Conference. Key stats Iowa had 18 first downs, Michigan State had 17. Net yards rushing, the Hawks 138, the Spartans 85. Net yards passing, 225 for Michigan State, 138 for Iowa. Total offense, 276 for the Hawks, 310 for the Spartans. Possession time, Iowa had the ball 3202, Michigan State 2758. Third down conversions, 5 of 15 for the Hawks, 5 of 14 for Michigan State. Iowa had four sacks of the Michigan State quarterback for a loss of 27 yards Michigan State got two sacks against the Hawks and Iowa finally got its first fourth down conversion this year that happened on its game-winning drive and the touchdown as time expired
1: now field goal try coming up here for Daniel
2: Murray this will
1: be a 20-yard field goal attempt off the left hash mark to tie the game with just under 12 minutes to go. Murray 12 of 16 this season, one for one tonight. Another low kick, but a line drive through the uprights nonetheless off a tough angle. Daniel Murray has tied the game.
2: Time now to hear from the opposing coaches in this coming Saturday's game. First, Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz was asked if Brandon Wager is ready to be a full-time tailback.
5: Uh, you know, he's, he's the next guy in, and he, he's done a real nice job. Uh, you know, I say that jokingly. I, I'm really impressed with him and. Uh, based on, you know, the limited exposure we've had so far, my guess is he'll rise to the challenge. I think he's uh, that kind of football player, and uh, he's very tough-minded. So, you know, that's just how it goes. And that's one thing we've done well this year, you know, we've uh, weathered the the bumps, if you will. And, uh, you know, guys have, have stepped up and gotten the job done. That's, that's probably... You know, as good a thing as we've done this year I think you know it's really been impressive and I think yeah, we'll do the same this week.
2: Kirk was asked about the possibility of pulling the red shirt off a of freshman running back Brad Rogers at this point in the season.
5: We traveled Brad last week um, not not foreseeing that kind of uh, complication but uh, we traveled him and told him that he may be you know going in the ball games to be ready and he, he was enthused about it probably because he's from Toledo he got you know four tickets to the game so it uh, worked out perfectly you know that that's if he's got to go in, he'll go in and he'll do a good job. He's really he's impressed us too over the last uh, eight weeks. You know he's really he came in a little heavy and a little out of shape, but that's not on, unusual for first year players. And he's really worked hard and you know he's. He looks 100 percent different than he did uh, two months ago. So I'm really impressed with his attitude and his work habits.
2: Ferentz was asked why this Iowa team seems so well grounded and poised.
5: Because they know what we know. You know, I mean, we're you know we're, we're just our margin for error is really thin, and I think our players understand that. You know, thus far, at least, you know, they really haven't seemed to be you know very affected by anything going on outside, which is it's really a good thing, and that's it's uh, it's a tribute to our leadership. We're getting really good leadership from our older players, not just our seniors, but our older guys. Uh, and I'll credit all of them for paying attention to last year's group because I thought last year's group did an outstanding job. You know, and we talked about that. We we're you know coming out of East Lansing a year ago, three and three, and uh, that, that that leadership we got from the older guys last year was outstanding. And I think it's. Uh, you know, it's been passed passed on to this
2: team, so I'm really I'm pleased about that. Kirk talks about the game-winning drive at Michigan State.
5: Well, uh, everybody did a great job. I mean, it was everything working together, and uh, and that that's what it takes to get it done in a series like that. You know, the line starts up front. If you don't protect, you're going to have some problems. And uh, Rick made great decisions, uh, and I thought he did all all throughout the game. And uh, you know, Trey's play was a huge one. You know, taking that ball and you know advancing it up up the field like he did. And, you know, right down to the end, you know, uh, Marvin talking to Ken and saying, you know, I think I can beat this guy inside, and then Ken came up with a great call, you know, just so it was all, everything just worked uh, really well, and that's, those are, those are moments you remember.
2: Ferentz was asked about player input in the huddles in terms of play calling and what's actually going on on the field.
5: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, you know, Ken's going to make the call, and, uh, yeah, but with, you know, we, we've talked about this, and I read some articles uh, after I got home Saturday night. Uh, chronicling, just you know, we're, we're we practice some democracy, not total democracy, but uh, uh, some democracy. I mean, player input is really big, and uh, that you know, and players always give input, but it's really nice when it's accurate. And, and these guys have done a good job all season long, in all phases. I mean, we're we're getting a lot of good information from the guys. They're, they're thinking football, they're studying football, and um, you know winning teams have that that kind of. <laughs> Um, <laughs> attitude, and you know this this group's really been good.
2: Kirk was asked how impressed he has been with the variety of ways Iowa has won the past four games.
5: You know, we're not the most uh, gifted team and, and uh, as far as I don't know if we're going any track mates or combine events, that type of thing, but uh, the guys have really played well together and they, they've played through tough situations, whether it be the injuries, uh, you know, with other other younger players stepping up and uh, then through tough situations and we seem to find ourselves in those every now and then, uh, like every Saturday, but uh, it doesn't seem to matter what the situation is the guys, they, 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 you know, they stick together, they play hard and uh, they finish the game and that's you know, when you, when you do that, you have a chance. I mean, there's no guarantees, but uh, you know, at least you give yourself a chance to have success, and I think our guys understand that. And, uh, and they've played pretty clean football. I mean, you know, we haven't done a lot to really... Just uh, you know, make it insurmountable. The chances insurmountable for us, and that's that's a big part of winning, especially the way we're built. Uh, you know, we're not one of those Oklahoma teams from the eighties or seventies. You know, where they had you know six deep at running back and all that kind of stuff. You know, I remember growing up. You know, some of those teams just had so much talent it was ridiculous. And uh, you know, we're, we're not we're not endowed that way. But we we got good players. Huh? I'm not complaining. I mean, you know, I like our players a lot. But you know, it's gets a little scary when you start, you know, dipping down a little bit.
2: And Ference was asked why the BCS computers rank Iowa much higher than the national polls do.
5: Computers haven't seen us play. You know, if they had eyes and could see us play, they'd say, you know, are you kidding me? <laughs> The idea is to be there at the end, you know, and that's uh, like the other night, you know, we were still standing after the the whistle went off and, uh, you know, we took it right down to the last two seconds. But uh, if you can make it, you know, to the end and be standing, that's the idea. And that's all we're really worried about. So I I don't understand any of that stuff. And I, I swear to God, I've, you know, I know it seems like the last two or three years, this has all become a... You know, they've been talking about the formulas and reshaping them and all that. And, and uh, you know, last year we were just trying to win every game and we're kind of seeing mode right now. So at the end of the day, you probably get what you deserve. Probably not, you know, there's always arguments, but I'm not too worried about it.
2: Indiana head coach Bill Lynch was asked how Iowa has been able to stay undefeated so far this year. Well, you know, they're just, uh, they're an outstanding team in
6: every sense. I mean, they're they're very sound on offense. I I think any time you have a great year, usually you have a quarterback that that plays his best football. And and to me on tape, Stanzi's having a great year. I mean, he just, he makes the plays they need and... Uh, they're always going to be physical up front, and, and um, they've got good skill on the outside. Defensively, I think that's a trademark of Iowa defense, uh, as long as I can remember. And, and uh, They're very difficult to run the ball on. Uh, in the back end, they, they tackle well, and they certainly get to the ball, as evidenced by the number of interceptions they have. And then, uh, you know, the kicking game sound, and, and they just they found ways to win close games, and that's what, that's what really good teams do when they have those great years.
2: Lynch was asked what makes Iowa so good at forcing turnovers and conversely not making many turnovers on offense.
6: Well, I, you know, I think it's it's certainly a focus and a point of emphasis for them. They, one they hit you on defense now. I mean, they they uh, they get 11 guys there and they they are great tacklers and and uh and then they play that zone defense where they you know they react to the ball and and uh when they get a chance they they take advantage of it i mean uh you watch a lot of teams who get their hands on the balls in the passing game and they don't complete the interception and uh, where they get a chance they finish the deal and, and uh on offense they you know again the the running backs hold on to it but stanzy's doing a great job protecting the ball so that's where your turnover margin certainly is in their favor but uh you know, what, where they are in terms of, you know, particularly in the Big Ten, they deserve where they are, and, and uh, you know, we're going out there, you have to beat them now. They're not
2: going to beat themselves. Lynch talks about whether it is encouraging for Indiana that Iowa has been in a lot of close games.
6: Well, that's a good question, and, and it's probably both. Uh, but I think that's, you know, from a coaching standpoint, that's very, very impressive. Um because we all know how hard it is to win football games and when you're in close football games they've made the plays that it takes to win it and they've made them in crunch time when they've done it on special teams blocking field goals they've done it that drive at the end of the Michigan State game was amazing they've made stops when they've had to uh, they're just they're a complete football team and I you know I guess from my standpoint it's more impressive uh, not only the close wins but the wins on the road that they've had I mean they've gone to some tough places and have had some great wins
2: Lynch was asked if he'll be emphasizing to his team that they can hang around with the Hawks given all of their close games.
6: Oh, absolutely. You know, this is a great opportunity for our football team. I mean, uh, not often in the ninth week of the season, do you get to play the fourth ranked team in a country that's undefeated. Uh, so shoot, uh, you know, we got a bunch of kids that uh, came to Indiana to play Big Ten football and play in big games. And so this is uh, not only a great challenge, but an opportunity. And I'm, I'm sure our guys are going to be excited.
2: And Lynch talks about the challenges for a team like Indiana to maintain a reasonably healthy team during the course of a season.
6: Yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it's a really tough line that we all have to balance in, in coaching because we're all striving to get better every week. And, you know, to win or lose, you know, you see where you have to improve. And so many of the things in football, those improvements, you, you know, you've got to have contact to get better. But, you know, you, you, your guys particularly... The ones that, uh, you know, play so many snaps, they only have so many hits in them. And without an off week, uh, you know, we got four more weeks of football. You take a kid like Jamie Curlew or Greg Middleton, our two defensive ends, I believe they played 85 snaps on Saturday. And, you know, I mean, uh, 85 hard snaps against good football players. And we're playing a really physical football team in Iowa. And so we've got to get prepared for that. But we have to be smart about how we go through it. And each, each team, you know, program, has a different level of depth and and, and how you do it. But uh, it is certainly something that, uh, as a staff, we spend a lot of time with. And we may vary it up week to week based on uh, where we think our kids are.
1: The Hawkeyes set up for a field goal try for the lead. 20-yard field goal. Would be the third of the night for Murray. Here it is. The placement, the line drive kick is through the upright, and the Iowa Hawkeyes have the lead nine to six. Isn't this just vintage Big Ten football? Nine to six. Eleven plays, 72 yards to the Hawkeye score. But again, it's just a field goal and a three-point lead. Call in
4: and express your opinions about the Hawks. To make your voice heard on hawkeyesmic.com, call toll-free 866-74-HAWKS and join our guest experts on weekly podcasts.
3: This is where Stanzi has to go out and win this game. No game managing situation. This is what all these weeks have prepared you for. Can you come out now and deliver when everything's on the line? We know he's been erratic this season. He's had bad moments, had great moments. What kind of a moment is he going to have right now?
2: We welcome back Marv Cook for his weekly stint on HawkeyesMike.com. Sean
0: Patchett visits with Marv. An improbable drive, an improbable finish, and an improbable season right now.
7: Magical, yeah. I mean, um, call it. I mean, I I think it's just been magical. I mean, it's just been the way they've been able to find ways to win and. has been a good thing I mean we've talked we talk about that you got to quit playing these close games because I mean eventually somebody's going to make a one or two plays and and they're gonna find a way to beat you but um, you know winning on the road always a good thing in the big ten and, and that's what they're doing so
0: you experienced something like this with the catch in the Ohio State game what is going through the players minds in that last drive and that last play
7: you know just all the hard work that you put in all the preparation you do and, and, and why you do it and that's exactly why you do it you want to prepare for those opportunities and when they do present themselves you want to try to execute and that's you know that's what it's about it's you have to string together four or five decent plays uh, you got to avoid the, the the negative play and and turn over and you know fortunately they caught a break on a couple deals a couple penalties and went their way and, and then like I said they were just able to make the play there at the end.
0: Interesting that the winning play was apparently suggested by Marvin McNutt and then offensive coordinator Ken it. This coaching staff seems to be very open to player suggestions, is that fairly typical in your experience?
7: Uh, The good staffs it is, I mean, the players can know, the players have a really good feel for, uh, you know, if they can beat a guy on a slant or a go or a comeback or something, they have a good sense of of, uh, that and, you know, and then looking for matchups and and what you do is you have to put your faith in those players. And, and when they give you good feedback, then call on it and, and execute it. And if they give you a bad feedback, then you don't ask them their opinion anymore. So I mean, I think that's a good thing for the staff to be uh, cognizant of what the players think they can do. And then ultimately, if they're right, uh, you know, they have a good viewpoint of it and they can execute it.
0: It was so impressive watching the final moments there, players and coaches, an incredible calm and poise and an apparent confidence.
7: Yeah, you know, and, and you, you, they could have been easily rattled. and. And uh, I mean, Stanzi made some great throws along the way to get him down there, and then DJK made a nice catch on a 15-yard curl route that was in traffic. And, you know, it's just one thing leads to another. And, and you know, for them to make a play against the defense was pretty impressive, um, uh, but still with a minute 30 to go, no panic, and they just were able to execute. And, and, and great clock management saved the timeout to the end to discuss the play. So it was, a, it, was a, it was really well-managed all the way around.
0: What does winning like this throughout the season due to the mentality of the Iowa team and to their opponents?
7: Well it it tells them that they're never out of it. I mean it gives them the supreme confidence that you know we've been here we've done this we've been down before we can do this and we can do it on the road so it's a huge plus for the Iowa team. I think the one thing that it tells everybody else that you know if we keep it close we have a chance and um you know I mean that's but the good thing is, is you know Iowa's been able to win the close games you know we talked about last week that in that 13-game losing streak, they didn't win close games, and now they're finding ways to win them, That's which is a good thing.
0: Looking at the struggles for much of the game of the offense again last Saturday, what exactly did you see, and was this a product of Michigan State's defense or breakdowns in play calling? Uh, I think it was, you know, Michigan State plays hard. I, I mean, I thought, you know, I
7: really felt like we were in control of the game offensive line-wise. I thought we were getting five, four, five, six of crack. They were getting 1 or 2 in the running game. I thought passing wise, we were doing some things we needed to do to be effective, but uh, just not converting, not converting at the right times. And the, the 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 unique thing for me was is when we passed on second down on the one foot line, I, just, I was shocked because I thought we were really making hay in the offensive line, and I thought we could have just ran dive or something two or three times in there and punched that in. But you know, we threw it on second down, then we got stopped on third down, I had to kick a field goal there in the third quarter, but uh, or in the fourth quarter, but. Uh, but other than that, it was, you know, I think everything's going extremely well. I think the play calling's solid and, and the execution's okay. We just, you know, didn't make enough good plays during the course of the game that we ended up making those, you know, four or five great plays late in the game.
0: Can you assess Ricky Sanzi's play both before the final drive and during the final drive? Uh, it was, it was,
7: you know, uh, what the numbers weren't very good uh, early in the game, the first three quarters, you know, stat wise, but I, I don't think he was making major mistakes and, and uh, You know, Michigan State was just doing some good things defensively, but, you know, obviously I think the throws he made down the stretch were just huge. I mean, you know, putting it in a position where his guy could catch it, the defense couldn't make the play. You know, he played enormous in that last drive.
0: Most fans are probably going to assume going against Indiana and Northwestern in the next couple of weeks that the offense should look much better. Do you agree?
7: Hopefully and hopefully like I said I mean our physical presence will be a big factor in those games offensively for us. We should be able to line line up and run the ball more effectively than we have and obviously when we can run the ball effectively that's when our play action pass opens up and uh, the tight ends get more involved so you know I think. We should see that. Now whether that happens or not, I don't know. I mean, you know, teams are getting smarter about how they attack Iowa and they're seeing teams have success doing things. So we're probably going to see more and more of the same things that are having success against this Iowa offense. Another overall outstanding performance by the defense? Phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. Other than the breakdown on the touchdown, um, you know, which was just a unique little vertical play. Uh, truly, you know, a great deal. I mean, the perfect example is when they do in the hook and ladder. Uh, if Sash isn't back there where he needs to be, that's a touchdown, you know, in which you know, they end up scoring a touchdown later. But, you know, I mean, just good, sound defense for the most part. And they just play so physical. Claiborne was good again. Um, Anger and Eves and those guys, I mean, they're just f- playing phenomenal right now.
0: Coming into this game, MSU had given up the fewest sacks. Yet, Iowa gets four. Uh, Claiborne and Bins both look terrific.
7: Yeah, they do. I mean, they just wreak havoc on a pocket. You know, they, they compress it. Uh, they don't give the, the quarterback the ability to get outside for the most part. They do a good job of containing it. And then you got the two big guys in front, uh, you know, pushing the pocket as well. So it's, it's not easy being a quarterback against this Iowa defense right now.
0: If he can't get back by this weekend, how much do you think the Hawks will miss? Uh, Brent Greenwood at safety.
7: Yeah, I think a lot. I mean, he's got great leadership. You know, he's on the right He's just another cog in that defense that he knows where to be and when to be there and uh, great open field tackler and and uh, in the run game and So obviously, you know, he's he, he'd be missed, but you know, they got guys ready to step in and do the job So I mean, that's what that's why you practice so hard and, and so diligently that uh, the next guy in and they'll be ready
0: Your Regina alum Daniel Murray keeps getting the job done those field goals Saturday seemed pretty ugly. What do you think's going on there? Is it technique, concentration, or
7: they did seem ugly? But I, I'm not sure if he was so close on some of them that they didn't look like they were getting. He drives the ball a little bit anyway, but yeah, I couldn't tell if they were miss hit or if it just they were so short that by the time they hit the net they were still low and going up. You know, I, I I couldn't get a good sense of that. But you know, they were hit. They were struck well, but they didn't look like the normal, you know, ball off the foot looks. But he knocked them through.
0: Turning to the Indiana game, they lose a last-minute heartbreaker at Northwestern, 29-28. After leading 28-3, they're now 4-4 and will struggle to get into a bowl game. What does that kind of loss do to a team like the Hoosiers?
7: Well, I mean, it's, it's, it can be devastating. I mean, it, to, to be playing so well in one portion of the game and then to be playing so poorly in the second portion is just, you know, obviously something broke down and and uh, they didn't make the adjustments they need to make with Northwestern's intensity and. and It could be one of those turning points that the season just rolls over the cliff and they struggle the rest of the way out. Or, you know, if they're disciplined enough, they can go back to the drawing board and figure out why it happened and then, you know, play that first half. You know, if they play like they play the first half, I mean, they're going to be formidable to anybody. I mean, they've had everybody on the ropes. They've had Michigan on the ropes. They've had, you know, some of these other teams on the ropes and they're they're good football teams. So, um, but it could be, that's not a good sign. Anytime you see, you know, you give up the greatest comeback in Northwestern history, it's not good.
0: Um, During that game, Indiana was extremely impressive and explosive, uh, definitely the first quarter, uh, both on special teams and on offense.
7: Yeah, and I think they got great talent. Uh, I think the new coach is doing a good job with them, discipline-wise, and and their skill guys are about as good as I've seen uh, at at any given time. So you know, it's it's gonna be a challenge for us. I, I think the physical nature of Iowa is just gonna be overpowering and overwhelming at times. You know, we're getting to that point in the Big Ten where it could be cold and sloppy and rainy and windy and flurries and all that stuff, so and I think all that just favors this Iowa team.
0: To keep everything going, Hawks, uh, trying to afford a letdown, what do you think the coaches will do to prepare for Indiana and to guard against that happening?
7: It, it'll be the exact same work week. It'll be exactly the same as they've been doing since week one. It's be the exact same they've been doing since five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. It's uh, we're creatures of routine in, in football, and, and trust me, that the, their work schedule is going to be exactly the same as it has been in the last four years.
0: So we're going up against another spread offense. Uh, throw a little wildcat formation in there. Does Iowa have enough speed on defense this year to stop that?
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, our de- our defensive backs, our linebackers are incredible. Eads out there is, is an unbelievable weapon, and Anger does a good job inside, and, and then Spivey and low and our our safeties and corners we're we're fine we match up extremely well with that uh, better than i think we have in the past
0: what's so special or effective about the wildcat formation Uh, why is it so prevalent this season both in college and nfl's that just are they trying to create mismatches it's
7: just one extra runner you know you have one extra runner and and you know if normally if it's a quarterback he can't block but a, a running back can block and if you hand it off or don't hand it off it's still that guy's still a weapon to run with the football so I mean, it's similar to what Antoine randall was for him. It just, it's just an extra weapon with the ball. Um, where normally a quarterback, the only thing they can do is throw the ball.
0: Well, what do you expect to see in this game? What are your keys to the game? And finally, a prediction.
7: Uh, physicality of the game. I expect, you know, if, if you see Iowa running the ball effectively early, getting chunks in 6 and 7, 8, 10, 12, 15 yards, it's going to be a long, long day for Indiana. I mean, we're just going to churn the clocks and the field position and... and uh, you know, if we can get our running game going, it's going to be a, an ugly, ugly day for Indiana. Any other thoughts? Keep it going. I mean, it's you know, it's been a magical ride, and um, you know, I mean, it's exciting to see where they're at and all these rankings and getting the national publicity. Uh, you know, you got to agree with some of the the uh, pundits and what they say about our schedule, but yet at the other day, you know, we are the team last year that went into a bowl game and and pounded somebody. We weren't one of the ones that, that lost. So. You know, we can't be paying for the sins of the Big Ten, and you may say the Big Ten isn't that good this year. And I'm one of those guys that says that, but you know what, we're 8-0, and uh, no one's beating us, so that that says something right there.
1: The junior from Mentor, Ohio. Lake Catholic High School, Ricky Stanzi. Just 7 of 18 tonight. Can he find his tight end, Tony Moyaki? Or Darrell Johnson-Culianos downfield? and it's caught by McNutt up across the 40 yard line of the 45. Tough catch, good. Reception by Marvin McNutt, 16 yard gain.
2: In our Big Ten Notebook this week, there are now only four weekends left in Big Ten play this season, and Iowa remains alone in first place, with last year's co-champs Penn State and Ohio State just one game behind. Iowa is not only leading the conference at this time, but it finishes with three of its last four games at home. Ohio State probably has the toughest remaining schedule after this Saturday's non-conference game. It has to travel to Penn State and to Michigan, with Iowa playing in Columbus between those two road trips. Penn State finishes with two home games and two road games. The Hawks entered last week's game as one of only seven undefeated BCS teams, and all seven of those teams remain that way after Saturday's games. The Hawks and Alabama are both 8-0, while five teams are 7-0. and Iowa's 8-0 start to the season means that at least one Big Ten team has started the season 8-0 in each of the last four years. The conference now has three bowl-eligible teams, the Hawks, Penn State, and the Buckeyes, while Michigan, Wisconsin, and Northwestern are all just one game away. Penn State coach Joe Paterno won his 143rd game since joining the Big Ten Conference. He's now tied with Iowa's Hayden Fry for fifth place in that category. Adrian Claiborne was named Big Ten Co-Defensive Player of the Week following the Michigan State game where he racked up three tackles for loss, including two sacks and a forced fumble. Ricky Stanzi has been named one of 15 semifinalists for the Davey O'Brien Award. That's the oldest and most prestigious award honoring the nation's best college quarterback. Among the other finalists are Penn State's Daryl Clark, Florida's Tim Tebow, Colt McCoy of Texas and Jimmy Clausen of Notre Dame. Another interesting note, following last Saturday night's game at Spartan Stadium Michigan State head coach Mark D'Antonio expressed skepticism that Iowa could have reeled off that many plays on its last drive in just a minute 32. During a Sunday morning film session D'Antonio used a stopwatch to time each of Iowa's plays. The result? D'Antonio said his stopwatch did show that the Hawks had 1.999 seconds left when it ran its game-winning touchdown play as the clock expired. So the game clock was accurate after all, as much as he hated to admit it. In addition to the Hawks' home game Saturday, other K-Big Ten contests this weekend include Penn State at Northwestern and Wisconsin hosting Purdue. And projecting way ahead, always dangerous, but there are multiple scenarios in play where the Rose Bowl could end up with the top four ranked teams playing in its two games during the bowl season. That would be a first for BCS Bowls. Stanzi again. Hesitated for a moment.
1: Able to spring forward and down he goes. Gain at three to the 48-yard line of the Hawkeyes. Trevor Anderson finally tracked him down. That was good protection for Stansy; Just couldn't find a receiver open.
4: Hawkeyes Mike is always interested in and encourages listener feedback. Help make us better. Please provide us with your comments and suggestions for programs, guests, and topics by emailing feedback at hawkeyesmic.com or by calling toll free 866-74 Hawks.
1: Fifty-four seconds remaining. Stansy again with time over the middle crossing pattern. Trey Strauss. Inside the 35 and tracked down
2: near the 31-yard line by Greg Jones. 22-yard pass play. We turn now to Pat Hardy's segment. You can read Pat's articles in the Iowa City Press Citizen and on Hawk Central. Sean Patchett talks with Pat about last week's game and this
0: coming Saturday's contest against the Hoosiers. People are starting to use terms like magical, mystical, and talking about Iowa the season. It's understandable after watching Saturday's game and that incredible finish.
8: The other word I keep using is wow. When people ask me how do I describe what's happened, I really don't have an explanation. Kinda what I wrote for my game column, the theme of it was that right now, this team just doesn't know how to lose. You always hear about teams that don't know how to win, this team just refuses to lose and doesn't know how to lose. And I guess in a way it is magical because They win the game, a game that they can't throw the ball very well. They hadn't been throwing the ball very well and they end up winning the game on a throw to a receiver who's barely played the last two weeks and who has a jammed, heavily bandaged thumb. It just shows you this is a magical season.
0: Was that one of the most improbable finishes you've ever seen covering the Hawkeyes?
8: Yeah, I'd say so right there with the um, Capital One Bowl. I mean, any time, you don't, rarely do you see, I mean twice now we've seen it this year with the blocked field goals against Northern Iowa but the um, to win a game in the last play of the game with no time left on the clock, you just rarely see that. Now I've seen it, I've seen it three times now in my career covering the Hawks, and two of them have been this year.
0: The Hawks continue to climb in the national and BCS polls. Can you talk about that?
8: Yeah they are but I mean the BCS more so I mean they lost some points in the coaches poll which I think is kind of weird I still think there's kind of this let's wait and see on Iowa and I think it's partly because the offense just has not been overpowering in many games they're kind of a work in progress and what have you but if they keep winning this will eventually work itself out the big concern though is if Iowa goes 12-0 and which is putting the cart way in front of the horse but if Texas and one of the teams from the SEC don't lose then Iowa's going to be on the outside looking in so I say the best thing is just take it one game at a time.
0: Marv Cook expressed concern last week about the Hawks not demonstrating in a flash to really climb in the national polls. How important is that? And do you think it will ultimately be a problem as bull selections? That's kind there? of what I
8: was just saying. Iowa doesn't win in a real flashy way, and that's not something that's going to really catch people's eyes, and it's going to leave them open for criticism. And I think in the event it eventually could maybe hurt them, if mostly on offense where their issues are. On defense, they're as flashy as they need to be. But, yeah, I think right now they're such a work in progress, and they're so methodical on offense that just from an image point of view, it does hurt them a little bit.
0: Now the offense still has a lot of room for improvement, but they seem to have a knack of doing whatever it takes whenever necessary. Uh, It seems pretty impressive. Can you talk about that? Very resilient, the offense,
8: and they're kind of like their quarterback. They just refuse to lose. And Ricky can struggle. For three quarters of a game, then boom. When it when it's crunch time and when he needs to deliver, he does. And the team's the same way. The offense is the same way. They've got some issues, but I think injuries have been a big factor on offense too. They've had way more injuries on offense, and now I think they're going to have to deal with more. So it's kind of hurt their cohesion and what have you, but they just do enough to get done.
0: Why is it do you think the offense doesn't play like this more regularly from start to finish? Because I just think this is who who they are. I
8: mean, it's just, I just think right now they're not good enough to play the way people want them to play from start to finish they're just good enough to win and right now the defense is ahead of the offense i think we knew it would be going into the season but they um I think the offense has a lot of room for improvement, and this is about the time last year. Actually, a little later than last year, but they kind of really picked things up. But I think last year you had that constant at running back with Sean Green. They don't have that this year, and they've had a lot of injuries. But I just think the offense is—it's as good as it needs to be. It's never going to be real flashy under Kirk Ferentz. The 2002 th- team was the closest, but look at all the NFL players that team had. That team was a real exception to that rule. But I just think the offense—it's this—is just kind of what life under Ferentz is like.
0: Legend of Ricky Stanzi continues to blossom. He seems really level-headed back there.
8: Yeah, and right now he's my second choice for Big Ten, first team All-Big Ten behind Darryl Clark. I mean, Ricky, is he's just got this knack and I think the players really gravitate towards him. I think the players really respect him. And he just, like, the throw he made to Darrell there on that last game winning drive, that was you couldn't make a better throw. And that was crunch time. He just seems to rise to the occasion.
0: Can you talk about the offensive line play and how they just seem to not quite be gelling yet? especially
8: early in the games. They're just, and they've had some injuries and what have you, but not a toddler. Well, I guess with Balaga and Vanderbilt, that's two, two out of their five starters, but They just have had a little trouble getting started, but it seems like in the second half they start to wear teams down. So that's a work in progress and what have you, but they've still been pretty good. I mean, they're still, I mean, Adam Robinson's on course to rush for a thousand yards close to, and hopefully he's not hurt too bad, but I, I don't know, he could be out for a while, but I think the offensive line has been okay. Not spectacular, but okay. A little better than serviceable, and I think it's gonna get better.
0: How much of the difficulties on offense last Saturday can you attribute to Michigan State?
8: I think a lot. I think Michigan State came to play. Michigan State's strength is its front seven on defense and I think the secondary had a real good game because Michigan State entered that game not very good on pass defense. Ninth in the Big Ten and they brought it. I mean that was the most physical game I've seen in years. They're very good at the linebacker position and I just they were a good team. That's why the score was close.
0: It looks like Iowa's rushing defense is back to where we thought it was going to be.
8: Yeah, I think we got a little carried away maybe after the Penn State game, but it was a lot better in this game. Claiborne was very physical and I think I think right now Iowa and Ohio State to me are by far the best defenses in the Big Ten. Iowa had a little let down there at times against Arkansas State and what have you, but I think the defensive line is really starting to blossom and Claiborne's really coming on.
0: Talk about the play of the linebackers against the Spartans steady but not spectacular and I think that's pretty much been
8: as bad as they've been this year not meaning they were that bad in that game but at worst the linebackers are steady sometimes they're spectacular and I think I mean Michigan State had 13 points I mean the linebackers had to be doing something right and I think they all it's too bad Jeremiah Hunter couldn't have intercepted that pass that would have really made a big play for him but I've never had an issue with the linebackers I think they're steady at worst
0: Pretty unusual to see both teams failing to score a touchdown after having first goal at the 1.
8: That is, but that says something about both teams defenses and also says something about both teams offenses. I think both offenses are kind of a work in progress. Defenses are further along and what have you and the defenses just rose to the occasion on those two situations.
0: Focusing on the injuries, who do you think I will miss the most and why? Uh, if players in addition to Dace Richardson will be out the next week or two. Well, I think they're gonna miss all
8: of them. I think they can maybe overcome Dace more because there's more options at guard and they've been kinda of rotating three guys anyway. I think they're gonna miss Adam Robinson if he's out for any extended period of time because that leaves you Brandon Wegger and basically Paki O'Meara because Jeff Brinson's supposedly been hurt and I think without Adam Robinson, all of a sudden the running back situation, you got a, uh, maybe a little a lack of depth and Wegger's banged up a little bit, but yeah, I think they've really gotten to be comfortable with Robinson back there and he knows how to read the blocks and I think he's gonna be a big loss if he's out.
0: Indiana looked pretty explosive against Northwestern on Saturday. They took a big lead and ended up losing anyway. Assess the Hoosiers team in general.
8: Explosive on offense, especially on the perimeter with their receivers, got major issues on defense, linebacker and secondary and what have you. I think Iowa should score four or five touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised if Indiana scored a few. They've got two good receivers and Tandon Doss and DeMarlo Belcher. So the Iowa secondary and linebackers are gonna be really have to tackle well in space. But I just don't see them being able to stop Iowa enough to win this game.
0: How much does their style of offense worry you coming into this Oh, it's a
8: worry game? because if they have a hot passing game, the Iowa Secondary is going to be really tested and they're going to have to get pressure on Chaplin and what have you. Because like I said, I think they've got NFL quality receivers and uh, a really good running back, Darius Willis. They took him over Jewel Hampton and I wondered why last year, but now I know. I'm not saying he's better than Jewel, but he is faster. He's very explosive.
0: How can I would continue to be up and not suffer a letdown this Saturday?
8: Well, that's the $24,000 question. You just got to keep thinking that Ferentz is great at motivating this team for each and every game, each and every opportunity. I don't think he'll put any more emphasis on any less emphasis on this game as he did the previous two games or the next couple of games. It's one week at a time and it's just a matter. They only play 12 games in the regular season. That's not a lot of games, so I think it's just a matter of this team has just got it rolling and they've got good chemistry and that helps you get up each Saturday.
0: You mentioned it might be high scoring. What do you expect to see in this game? What are your keys to the game and then a prediction?
8: I would have thought that Iowa was going to be able to run the ball real well, but now without Robinson and with Weger banged up, that could be an issue. I still think the Iowa offense is going to be able to establish itself a little bit. Turnovers are always going to be important. I think it'd be very important for Iowa to start fast and kind of get Indiana out of it. Indiana is going to be reeling a little bit. They choked against Northwestern. They are ahead of that game 21-0 and lost, so they're going to be kind of Depressed a little bit, but this ain't a bad Indiana team. They've got what four or five four victories I think so they're gonna I was gonna have to I see us maybe Iowa winning the game like 34-20 something like that I, I see them being in control, but I do see Indiana testing them Any other thoughts just been fun season so far
1: Second and ten at the Spartan 31 yard line for and company 34 seconds to go Iowa one timeout remaining blitz Julianos inside the 15. First down for the Iowa Hawkeyes. 16 yard gain. Ross Weaver had the coverage of the tackle.
4: HawkeyesMike.com. Just for you, the Iowa fan. All sports, all Hawks, all the time. www.hawkeyesmike.com. Call toll free 866 74 Hawks. That's 866 74 Hawks.
1: and goal to go at the seven. Stanzi on the roll, looks the other way to the end zone in traffic, deflected away, incomplete Moriaki, the intended receiver.
2: Just a reminder that you can be part of the next show by offering your own comments on the Hawks. The toll-free hotline will be open 24 hours a day. Just call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Also, visit HawkeyesMike.com. go to the news and events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, the latest Hawkeye and Big Ten videos videos. videos, and team schedules. And don't forget, you can subscribe to all Hawkeye's Mike podcasts through iTunes that's tomorrow and that is it for us today okay i don't know what whatever it is
5: it's not right on the teleprompter i don't know what that is i've never seen that okay. this, now i can't read it there's no there's no words on it there's yeah. no words there to play us out i don't know what that means to play us out what does that mean to end the show yeah all right go go okay. that's tomorrow and that is it i
1: can't do it okay. we'll do it live no. we'll do it live I can, i'll can. write it and we'll do it live thing sucks second down goal to go stanzi again Incomplete. Threw it behind. Trey Strauss. Davis Clark had the coverage.
4: Today's Hawkeyes Mic program is made possible in part by Morgan Stanley Financial Advisors of Coralville. Call 319-338-5184 or 800-870-0002 for all your investment needs.
1: 7. Hawkeyes trying to keep their record pure. They are 7-0. and They need a touchdown to go to 8-0 for the first time in school history. Michigan State bringing some heat. Short drop on the slant. Broken up incomplete. for Trey Strauss. Two seconds remaining. Fourth down. Goal to go. parents Iowa third and final team timeout.
2: Just took his last timeout. Iowa begins a two-game homestand this Saturday, hosting the Indiana Hoosiers at Kinnick Stadium in an 11 a.m. game televised by ESPN. While the Hawks are 8-0 and 4-0 in conference play, the Hoosiers come into this game at 4-4 overall and 1-3 in the Big Ten. Indiana is coming off a gut-wrenching last-minute 29-28 loss at Northwestern after they surrendered a 21-zip lead. This is the 71st meeting between the two schools. Iowa leads the series 39 27 and and four Iowa won last year in Bloomington and has won four of the last six. But Indiana has won two of the last three. The Hawks are 21-10 and three against the Hoosiers in games played in Iowa City. Kirk Ferentz is now 78 and 53 at Iowa, 90 and 74 overall as a head coach. Indiana is headed up by Bill Lynch, who is in his third year there with a 14 and 19 record and a career record as a head coach of 95-86 and one. The Hawks have now won four games by three points or less this season, something that gives Lynch and the Hoosiers hope. Indiana has an explosive offense, a version of the spread that also features wildcat and pistol formations. It has a decent quarterback in Ben Chappell who has shown good accuracy when he has time to throw, and good skill players. The Hoosiers have shown that they can score early and fast. Indiana also has a very good kick return team, and Iowa's coverage on that unit will have to be at its best on Saturday. The Hoosiers have a decent front four, anchored by two very good defensive ends, Jamie Curl and Greg Middleton. Their defensive secondary, however, has been very suspect and has been especially vulnerable to the long pass. The Hawks are hurting coming out of the Michigan State game with Adam Robinson going down. They are extremely thin at running back. Brandon Weger will probably get most of the carries there, and you may see the red shirt come off of true freshman Brad Rogers. If Colin Sandeman can't suit up this weekend, it's an open and critical question as to who will return punts. This might be the game when the Hawks finally break out on offense. Perhaps. Perhaps picking up where they left off with that great game-winning drive in East Lansing. But we've been hoping for that offensive breakout game for quite a while now. Brett Greenwood should be back at safety, and the linebackers and D-line are intact. The Hawks will have to get a consistent rush on Chapel and contain the gimmick plays and various spread formations that Indiana will use. Iowa also has to remain grounded and not get wrapped up in the BCS and Big Ten title talk. There are a lot of very good possibilities for the Hawks right now, but they need to buckle down once again and take care of business the old coaches cliche of one game at a time could never be more true of this saturday's game for the hawks (laughs) my
6: kind of team charlie is my kind of team fourth down goal to go
1: this is it yeah iowa's unbeaten streak on the line they've won 11 in a row it doesn't get any bigger or better in this play Kuldeanos and Strauss at the bottom of your screen McNutt at the top Morse, the fullback is in the block Moyaki on the wing he goes in motion two seconds ago last play of the game Stansy McNutt touchdown <laughs> on the final play of the game the Iowa Hawkeyes have remained unbeaten they have defeated the Michigan State Spartans 15-13
2: our thanks again to the Big Ten Network for the game highlights this week. Once again, a great job of capturing the excitement of Iowa football in this most special 2009 season. And thanks to our regular contributors, Marv Cook and Pat Hardy.
3: And everybody in green
1: is completely stunned. For Ferentz, his first victory in Spartan Stadium as a head coach, and for the first time in school history, the Iowa Hawkeyes are 8-0 with a 15-13 win over Michigan State. Wow, what a ball game. We talk adversity killers. Every
3: time this team is up against the rope, they end up taking punches, taking punches, taking punches but then in the end they find a way to knock you out.
1: They've been playing football for about 120 years at Iowa. They've never been 8-0 until tonight. 15-13 over Michigan State.
2: We hope you have enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast, that you'll come back for more, and that you'll participate by phoning and making your own voice heard. Call 866-74-HAWKS. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com For Iowa fans, by Iowa fans.
6: Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it.
0: This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.